Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone, in the United States, in Canada, and around the world, where your time zone uh, tells you that you are in the morning stage of time. Shalom, peace. My name is Kennard. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. We're going to talk today, or we're going to talk about today, a topic that has come up with me uh, occasionally. Some people, and this is probably part two, uh, based on the Bible study that uh, I gave last week. I've had people, and I've run into this uh, over the years, being in the Hebrew Roots Movement. uh, Some people... Read the scripture in Revelation 18, verse 4. says, come out of Babylon. Uh, they don't want to have a marriage license anymore. They don't want, don't want to have a social security number, etc., etc., etc. And I understand <clears throat> when you read scriptures like, let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 16. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 16, verses uh, 19 to 21. It states here, O Lord, I'm reading this in the King James Version, my strength and my fortress, or my protection, and my refuge in the day of affliction. So that's important to realize that God will protect you in your time of affliction. He will be your protection and fortress. Uh, The Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth, and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies. And I just want to focus on that. Uh, Yah reveals that our fathers are past generations have inherited lies, and unfortunately those lies are passed over to us. And then if Yah doesn't call us to truth and help us to understand his words, then unfortunately they'll be passed to your children, and, and, and the cycle continues on and on and on. And so <clears throat> then the Bible says in Revelation 12, verse 9, that Hasatan of the devil, Hasatan is his Hebrew name for the devil, he has deceived the entire planet. The, the entire world and so with that I can understand why people are investigating everything that comes to the truth whether or not it's good to have a marriage license or not however as I pointed out last week and this is in the scriptures this is by the apostle Kepha or Peter First uh, Peter chapter uh, 2 and this is um, what God inspired him to say in First Peter chapter two verse thirteen, it says, "Submit yourself to every ordinance of man, 
and that Greek word is uh, it means um, ordinance, original formation. So it's telling us that we must submit to a government's uh, regulations and laws. And I'm going to prove to you that Paul didn't have an issue with being a citizen of Rome. Matter of fact, he used that as a um, as a way to get out of a fix. Now, in the Scriptures version of the Bible, it says, "Be subject to every institution of man." Okay, so that still has something to do with uh, regulations and laws and so forth. And so we we have to to uh, understand that and. Uh, Let's continue to understand the scripture here. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king or supreme. So when it associates the word ordinance or institution or building um, to a king or a supreme, obviously he's talking about things that are linked with that. In verse 14, or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. Verse 15, for so is the will of God. So this is the will of God for us to submit to um, institution. Now, let's let's go <clears throat> into that Greek word again. It means to create, form, or found. So every creation of man, I could, I could say that too. And part of the creation of man, of course, is his laws. Something founded the city of colonization of a, a place, creation, the sum total of what has been created. So... That, that's the reason why I can see the King James translators say, said ordinance, because that word ordinance means creation, so to every creation of man. Well, including with that creation is also the laws and the regulations that man has created. We have various laws that we follow um, just on a local level. Um, a stop sign required to stop. If we don't stop, what happens? We get a ticket. Um, we are required not to drink and drive. Um, we are required not to have drugs on us. Uh, I mean, these, these are all good. Does any of these laws violate God's laws? No. Uh, a marriage license. I don't see how a marriage license is violating God's laws. Um, also, a social security number. I understand that some people think it's the mark of the beast. That's not proven out of the scriptures. But I've studied before, I restudied before I do this Bible study, uh, the difficulty of not having a marriage license and social security number, and it's just hell. And it reminds me of this scripture in First John chapter 5, verse 3. It says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And I want you to notice the last phrase in this verse. And his commandments are not grievous. And so that word grievous means burdensome, heavy burdens, uh, severe severe, weighty, oppressive. So keeping his commandments should not be oppressive. They're challenging. It is difficult. However, it should not be challenging. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. It should not be oppressive. It should not be oppressive. If it is, then you got to wonder, are you really keeping his commandments or are you understanding how to keep his commandments. Acts chapter 14, verse 22, it says, Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith 
and that we must through much tribulation. Now, what's that? That Greek word tribulation means pressure, um, persecution or trouble, but it's not to the point of where it's severe, to the point of where it just makes it, makes you wish you don't have to keep it, you know, and, and that's not the way God wants us to keep his commandments. And I just say, based on the scriptures, that getting rid of your marriage license in this society that we live in today and Social Security number, you are certainly putting more burdens on you than you should. So uh, it's, it's really not advisable to do that. You wouldn't really be able to function uh, in a normal way in society. Uh, I've studied it. I've looked at videos of people or a video of people that, a person rather, that did it, and he said, hey, this is not something that you just want to casually do. It's, it's, it's a very, very difficult thing to go through this process, and you're going to live a very difficult life. And it's already difficult already keeping the Shabbat and holy days. You don't want to add more burdens to your life. So anyway, I can understand people's reasoning, but I hope after this Bible study today, and I'm going to show you plenty of scriptural proof that it is not necessary to get rid of your marriage license, uh, get rid of the Social Security number, which... Uh, has something to do with your citizenship of a country. And I'm going to prove to you today through the scriptures that there's nothing wrong with that. So, since all the nations have drunk of the wine of Babylon, which in Hebrew means confusion, should we stop being citizens of the nations we live in? Now, let's turn to Revelation chapter 17. And this program may go over, and if it does, then you can always listen to it in the archives. <clears throat> all right, so let's turn to Revelation Chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many waters. Verse 2. Kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth, and these are all the inhabitants with the exception of Yeshua, of course, have made have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So every single human being on this earth has been affected by this Babylonian system. All right? Including you and me and everyone else. Now, what does coming out... Now, I'm going to give another detailed Bible study about this, but I'm going to whet your appetite here. What does coming out of Babylon really mean? So let's let's go to that scripture in Revelation chapter 18, verse 4. And I'm going to uh, to give us the context of where the scripture is uh, being quoted. I will read the first three verses before I read verse 4. Revelation 18, verse 1. And after these things, what things? The things uh, that uh, was described in Revelation chapter 17 and 16. After these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, or confusion, the great, and his great confusion, is <laughs> fallen, is fallen, it's become the habitation of devils. Now, I want you to understand something. A lot of people, well, a good bunch of people interpret Babylon just to be spiritual. In this context, it's physical. It's a place. All right? So it's saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, fallen. And so... When you understand, the book of Revelation really is a book that's opened in the 21st century for us to understand. And when it's talking about Babylon here, it's talking about a specific place that has great confusion. And it says right here, it's fallen, it's fallen, and it's become the habitation of devils. And it's also the habitation of demons. 
and and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Verse three, and that's 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 the fate of Babylon. Verse three, for all nations again has drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and this is talking about spiritual fornication, having false doctrine and false concepts of society, uh, and how society should live and function. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are wax rich through her abundance of her delicacy. So this is interesting. It gives us a description of Babylon, the, the type of Babylon that would exist in the end times. And this particular Babylon is full of merchants. There's, there's commerce and trade, the rich. So what landmass today would represent this? And, you know, the Bible gives us clear, distinct, uh, characteristics to identify Babylon in these end times. Verse 4, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her. Okay, this is a literal place. I'm going to prove this to you out of the Scriptures. Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. In verse 5, For her sins have reached into heaven, and God has remembered her iniquity. So, as you're going to see here, God is telling us, to come out of Babylon. In Jeremiah 50, verse 28, let's get the pieces together under this particular topic. That's how you do Bible study. Jeremiah chapter 50, and if you read 1551, it's certainly talking about the end times. Of course, Babylon was destroyed before, but it's going to be destroyed again. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 28. It says, the voice of them that flee and escape out of the land of Babylon to declare in Zion, that's in the Jerusalem area, West Bank, and um, in Zion, the vengeance of the, the master of our God, the vengeance of his temple. So it says, the voice of them that flee and escape out of the land of Babylon. Okay, now we're starting to get the pieces of the puzzle together. It is a specific place for sure that God wants his people to flee from. All right? So now we're getting the pieces together in Jeremiah 51, verse 6. It says, flee out of the midst of Babylon. Jeremiah 51, verse 6. Jeremiah 51, verse 6. It states, flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver every man his soul, his soul, his life. Be not cut off in her iniquity, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He will render unto her a recompense. Okay, so again, or a recriddle. And so again, this is telling us that Babylon is a specific place that his people must flee from because it's going to be destroyed. Jeremiah 51 verse 7, Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. And this is talking about being spiritually drunk. The nations have drunk of her wine, therefore the nations are mad. And that's that's something else, but that's the Hebrew word halah. And it means to um, be prideful, uh, to uh, be prideful in a sick way, to boast, to be foolish. That's what it means. And so it says the nations are foolish. And then in verse 8, Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. How for her, take balm for her pain, if so be she may be healed. And, and this 
Babylon is going to be suddenly destroyed in these end times, whoever Babylon is. All right, so Jeremiah 51, verse 49 to 50. Jeremiah 51. Jeremiah 51, verse 49 to 50. It says, As Babylon has caused the slain of Israel to fall, so at Babylon shall fall the slain of all the earth. So at Babylon shall fall the slain of all the earth. Ye that have escaped the sword, go away. Stand not still. Remember the master far off, and let Jerusalem come into your mind. And that's interesting because that's giving you a preview and a hint of where God's people are going to flee to, Jerusalem. Okay, so, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, it's pretty obvious that God is not just talking spiritually to come out of Babylon. Um, and let me give you some scriptures to, to help you understand how to spiritually come out of uh, Babylon. First John, First John. It's a, it's a physical and a spiritual application to that scripture. First John chapter um, fifteen through seventeen. This is how you come out of Babylon spiritually. First John two verse fifteen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse sixteen. But all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. So that's how you come out of Babylon, or confusion, great confusion, spiritually. But there's also a physical application to this. Now, what I want you to understand is this, and I'm going to do a program entitled Who is Babylon in the future, perhaps next week. Uh, But I want you to understand something. All you need to do at this time is stay close to to God, keep his Torah, do the things that you uh, need to do to be counted worthy to escape all these things if you're going to be alive at the time all these things are going to begin. Because some people listening to me may be older than me, uh, I'm going to be 50 years old soon, and who knows? Um, uh, we may all die tomorrow. We just don't know. But for those who are going to continue to be alive for the next maybe 10, 15, 20 years or 30 years, uh, you may, and I said may because he hasn't come down and told me, you may be um, alive at the time that Yeshua is coming. And so certainly if you are, then uh, you must follow the advice that the Bible tells you about fleeing out of Babylon. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to do further Bible study of this. My studies has indicated that Babylon certainly is New York City and uh, the United States. So, and and I'm going to do further study on proving this. Uh, it's very easily proved out of the Bible that that's the case. Um, the old city of Babylon, which is in Iraq, who knows? It could be resurrected. Uh, that has not happened. So, but all the characteristics right now show that New York City is the city that is described in Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 18 tells you that uh, this city is a major seaport. There's plenty of merchants uh, that to trade and so forth. There's no other city in the world that describes uh, the characteristics other than New York City. New York City, you have the United Nations there. You have all the nations of the world coming there, their representatives. So it's just no doubt. And then, of course, the, the tremendous sin that this country commits with slaughtering babies and uh, allowing pornography and so forth. It fits 
the United States and New York City perfectly. Matter of fact, there is a city called Babylon in New York City. <laughs> so but anyway, that, that's another Bible study. What I want to reveal to you is that there's going to come a time when he wants us to leave this country and go to Jerusalem. Okay, and let me prove that to you. Let me look at Joel. And I'm going to start preaching this message because I feel the time to preach it is now. And so, um, and God revealed this information to me through this guy. On, um, you should go to his website. It's called EscapedAllThings.com, and I'm, I, I feel confident enough to give you information from his website. I don't agree with everything he's saying, but mostly everything he's saying I do agree with. And and um, I, I'm going to talk to him, and uh, I plan to talk to him, but he done some some good research on prophecy, and uh, it's very good. So I, I would implore you to go to his website, escapeallthesethings.com, and educate yourself on prophecy, understanding it correctly. But anyway, in Joel chapter 2, verse 31 to 32, it states, The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Master comes. In verse 32, And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Master shall be delivered, and this is talking about being physically delivered. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem shall be deliverance. And so right there, the Bible is telling you where deliverance or, or protection will be. It will be in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom he shall call. And then in Matthew chapter 24, Yeshua states that those that be in Judea, that's the West Bank, that's where Mount Zion is located, flee to the mountains. And and I and I talked about this last week in Daniel. There's one specific area that the beast does not attack, right? And has no power over. And let's go there. Daniel chapter eleven. Daniel chapter eleven, verse forty. And at the time of the end, shall the king of this and this time is fast approaching, folks. And at the time, when I mean by fast, I don't mean tomorrow, but it could mean Ten years from now, five years, two years, one year. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I know that we're in the end times now. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. This is world war. Verse 41. He shall also enter into the glorious land. That's Jerusalem. And many countries shall be overthrown. But these are the ones that shall escape. I want you to notice this. Edom. Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon, that's Jordan today. That's the area of Jordan. And so Pete, the, God's people from Jerusalem, in Daniel chapter 12, I have to do a Bible study on, on that complete chapter, but it's indicating that we will have some time from Jerusalem, from Mount Zion, to to flee and escape to the area of Jordan, which is a wilderness uh, area. And in Revelation chapter 12, it describes that, a portion of God's people will escape into the wilderness and be protected for three and a half years. Now notice, it is a place, not places. So it's a specific place where those who are worthy to escape the tribulation that are still alive will be able to go to. And so I'm going to give a detailed Bible study of that in the future. Now, why am I talking about that? Because that's what we need to focus on. We need to focus on escaping this country soon. But not right now. Um, based on, on uh, past experiences, God's going to send a prophet. Uh, and based on what the Bible is describing, this prophet is going to be 
in all likelihood, uh, Eliyahu or Elijah. He's going to come and uh, straighten doctrinal issues out. He's also going to come uh, to lead us out of this country for those who have the faith to come because it took faith for the uh, our ancestors in the wilderness to flee Egypt into the wilderness. Well, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, it tells us that all those things happen as an example. Let me... Let me uh, let me uh, turn to that scripture here. First Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized and immersed into Moshe in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. That's interesting because it tells you who the God of the Old Testament was, Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples, to the intent we should not lust after the evil things that they also lusted, neither be ye idolaters, as some were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three or twenty-three thousand. Neither let us tempt Messiah, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Verse 10, <clears throat> neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and destroyed of the destroyed. That word murmur means to grumble, complain. And verse 11, now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. And, and admonition means in the Greek attention or warning. And so all those things happen as a prophetic a future understanding of what's going to happen to us in the, in the 21st century, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going to be easy to, 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 to escape. But to be worthy to escape, you, you must recognize God's prophet when he comes on the scene, the, the Elijah, uh, the third Elijah. Um, he is prophesied to come, and he will instruct the people on how to escape and when it is time to escape. So... All, all we have to do is uh, be faithful and believe in the words of God. So anyway, I'm going to go into detail about this and give you the information that God has revealed to me about this because it's very important. I'm going to really be preaching this because uh, we need to know <laughs> that there is a specific place for us to go to and uh, either you get your head cut off or you uh, be protected uh, in a place of safety to be in the kid. Well, to be in the kingdom, and I don't know about you guys, but I'd rather have my head on and not have to, to go through uh, the tribulation to enter the kingdom of God, ladies and gentlemen. Because in Revelation 20, verse 4, there will be people that, that will have had their heads cut off. I don't want to be one of those people. <laughs> I don't want to have to get my head cut off to enter the kingdom. So so it, it's, it's a choice. You know, uh, you, you can get in the kingdom getting your head cut off, or you, you could uh, be protected for three and a half years in the wilderness. So that's uh, I'd rather choose, of course, being protected for three and a half years. And I think if if you're a reasonable person, uh, I'm sure that you would like that as well. Now you have the 144,000 too, and it looks like they will be used by God to preach the gospel. I have a role of preaching the gospel anyway. Revelation chapter 14 reveals that when the people are warned about taking the mark. So obviously that tells you that 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 is happening before the tribulation. Uh, which is inter interesting, and then 
the destruction of, of Babylon certainly, um, when you understand the context, is uh, certainly happening um, before uh, the tribulation, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, that's new understanding that I've had. I used to, I, I, used, I believe that uh, the destruction of Babylon would happen after the tribulation, but just going by uh, the scriptures and what it's saying, that's not the case. So I will prove all this in a future Bible study, but I just wanted to explain to you what coming out of Babylon means, and it's certainly in the book of Revelation. It certainly means coming out of a physical place. All right, so did you know that Paul was a citizen of Rome and he used his citizenship to get himself out of trouble? Let's let's go there. Acts chapter 22, verse 23 to 30. Acts chapter 22. So, yeah, this program definitely is going to go over, ladies and gentlemen. So you're going to have to just listen to the rest of it in the archives. You know, I, I don't, it's, I try to predict how long I can speak or should speak, but the Ruach of the Holy Spirit, he, he guides me and uh, the power guides me and shows me that I need to speak more or say things that I was not planning to say. So uh, I have to do what Yah wants me to do. So Acts chapter 22, verse 23. And as they cried out and cast off their clothes, threw dust into the air, threw dust into the air, and the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know where if they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said to Shaul, or Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and an uncondemned? Okay, so I want you to see this. Um, Paul and other Jews, several Jews, were Roman citizens. And I want you to understand that again. Paul was a Roman citizen. And he used this Roman citizenship to get himself out of a bind, as you'll see. Verse 26, when the centurion heard that he went and told the chief, captain saying, take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, yes. And the chief captain answered, with a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, but I was freeborn. Then straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a Roman because he had bound him. Okay, this is a very interesting uh, passage of scripture here. It really is. And and so he was, uh, and Paul said, I was born free, being born in Tarshish, which uh, was a free city and which had his had freedom given by Mark Anthony, which was before the birth of Paul. So anyway, uh, he, he's just saying that he was a Roman. He was a Roman citizen. So that's the point that I'm making here. And so right now we already see scriptural evidence and proof. I've already answered the question. Is it a sin to be a Roman, uh, to be a citizen? <laughs> no, it's not. Paul was a citizen, and many other Jews, several Jews, were citizens of Rome. And it was not a sin. So I've already answered that question. But I'm going to go into detail. And he used his Roman citizenship to get himself out of the bind. And so we, we have to, again, look at the Bible. Uh, Paul was an apostle. Ephesians 2 verse 20 says the apostles are the foundation of um, the assembly or Kehillah. 
And then also, let's understand that Paul commanded us to follow his example. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. And then uh, there's another scripture here, if I can remember it. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 17. He says, For this cause have I sent unto you Timothy, who is my beloved son, because he was like a spiritual father to him, just like Elijah was a spiritual father to Elijah. For this cause have I sent unto you T- Timothy, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you to remembrance of my ways, which is in Messiah, as I teach everywhere in every church. I, this is one of my favorite scriptures because you have people um, tell me that, uh, well, Paul just meant that for that particular church. Well, this scripture proves that he taught all of his ways, his teachings in every church. <laughs> so it's not just limited to, to the Corinthians. And so that that's something that needs to be preached correctly. But anyway, um, go over some more scriptures here, all right? Now, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, commanded us to follow his example. I just read those scriptures to you. And as a matter of fact, the apostles or the emissaries are part of the foundation of the assembly. I quoted that in Ephesians 2, verse 20. This is in my notes that I wrote for the program today. Now, I already read to you about God, that God wants us to submit to every creation of man, which includes his laws. Now, I'm sure those who are listening to me understand and, and realize this, but Joseph was an Egyptian ruler. Now, let's turn to Genesis chapter 41, verse 44 to uh, 45. Now, uh, 41 to 45, he was a part of the of the Egyptian government, folks. And so not only is it not a sin to be a citizen of a country, it's certainly not a sin to be a part of the government, obviously. <laughs> so uh, Genesis chapter 41 starting at verse 41 and Pharaoh said unto Joseph see I have set thee above all the land of Egypt verse 42 and Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck and verse 43 and he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had, he had and they cried before him bowed a knee and he made him rule over all the land of Egypt and Pharaoh said unto Joseph I and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name, oh boy, Zephnathapaneah, I guess. And he gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. And people in the sacred name movement is so hyped up. It's interesting that God... He wanted it. He he felt it was necessary to to help you understand what Joseph's Egyptian name was. <laughs> so that's that's very interesting. There. But anyway, um, Daniel was one of the presidents. Uh, I've been saying incorrectly that he was the third president, but he was one of the presidents of the kingdom of Persia. So Daniel was part of the government. Uh, let's turn to Daniel chapter six. Daniel chapter six, starting in verse one, and it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom, a hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was the first. So he was the first president, not the third, of the, of the three presidents. That the princes might give a counsel to them, and the king should have no damage. Verse 3, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because uh, he had an excellent spirit, 
and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. And so Daniel was the first of the three presidents of Persia. Was that a sin? Of course not. However, what do you do when the government's laws go against God's laws? And there's another scripture I need to quote in the context of this. We need to understand something. We've got to stop thinking, or for those who are do, do that. You know, I'm not saying we, meaning everybody, but those who are thinking this way. That's a better way to describe how I use we. Um, for those who are thinking that um, God is not in control of setting up those who are uh, rulers, then we need to take a look at what God says about it. Daniel chapter 2, verse 28. Uh, he states here, But there is a God in heaven that reveals the secrets and makes known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. All right, and I want to quote what he says here about kings and, and how God um, raises up kings. All right, I'm trying to find it here. It says right here. I know it's in Daniel somewhere here. Daniel chapter 2. Here we go. Yeah, Daniel chapter 2, verse 20. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Now, here, I want you to pay attention to this scripture, verse 21. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom unto the wise and the knowledge to them that know understanding. He reveals the deep and secret things. So he's the one, ladies and gentlemen, that sets up kings. He's the one that does that. All right? And he is the one that has let Gentile nations or unholy nations rule the earth right now. That That is his doing. And if you have any complaints about that, then you, you need to uh, um, go to him about that. Uh, just based on the prophecies of Daniel 2 and 7, right now uh, we are certainly being influenced uh, by the uh, the genesis of the fourth beast. Uh, Luke chapter 21, verse 24 states, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive unto all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down to the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. All right, and so Jerusalem was trodden down in the Gentiles back uh, in AD 69 or 70. Right now, we are in the times of the Gentiles. <clears throat> so that's where we are at right now, of the unholy nations. <clears throat> that's what Gentile really means. All right, so, or it can be unholy individuals, someone who's not obeying God. But that's another Bible study to clarify what Gentile means. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, Let's continue on with this this Bible study. I have about five minutes and 34 seconds left before um, I go off the air. Um, I think I'm going to be on the air a little bit more here to uh, to successfully complete the study today. But anyway, in Acts 5, verse 28 to 29, uh, something, uh, well, let me just point this out. What do we do when the government's laws goes against God's laws? Okay. Uh, focus on Acts chapter 5, verse 28 to 29, saying, Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem, which is the, in, the, in the area of the West Bank today, of course. The West Bank includes Jerusalem. Um, 
fill Jerusalem or Judea with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Kepha or Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Now, if you read the rest of it, and, and I will, uh, let's read the rest of it. This is what happened. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Starting in verse 30. It states, uh, The God of our fathers has raised up Yeshua, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him that Yah exalted with his right hand to be prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witness of these things. And so is also the Holy Spirit whom Yah has given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay him. And then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law of Tor had a reputation among all the people. That's the person that, that Paul trained under and commanded to be put the apostles forth a little space. And he said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourself what you intend to do as touching these men. Okay, and he talks about that. And then later on, uh, in verse 40, it said, And to them they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Yeshua and let them go. So they were taken to the council of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin determined that they should get beat, and that's what happened. They got beat, and they were let loose. And that was the, that was the situation there. Now, Daniel chapter 3 and 6 reveals what to do based on the situation in Acts 5, verse 28 and 29. And so uh, it's pretty plain. Uh, you have the situation with... Uh, um, Daniel's friends, let's turn to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. And then, you know, Nebuchadnezzar set up an idol, and he wanted people to worship. And, of course, the Daniel's friends did not want to worship. And we know what happened. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they, stayed, they stated boldly to him that we were not, they would not worship the image, and they were thrown, what, in the furnace, and they weren't burned. And then in Daniel chapter 6, uh, because Daniel was praying, what happened? Um, he uh, was thrown in the lion's den, and of course the lion did not touch him. So I was going to read all that, but uh, I didn't have to. I, I have the references there, Daniel 3 and 6. So I hope this program has proven to you that it's not a sin to be a citizen, and uh, getting your Social Security number uh, helps your citizenship. Uh, in the United States, and as long as we um, don't do anything that is contrary to Yah's laws, there's nothing wrong with being part of the government, there's nothing wrong with uh, being a citizen of a country. And so I guess I won't have to to uh, to uh, continue on uh, with the program, uh, extend the program, so... May Yah bless and keep you, and, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. 
and ye shall tread down the wicked. For they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 